Okay, let me get organized here. I got all kinds of stuff. I don't think I need that, but I'm good. Huh? It's a book from home. Hi, guys. How are y'all? I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited to be up here. I don't do this very often, so I think a lot of people don't even know much about me or who I am, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of share my, my journey, and I do have something on my heart that I want to talk about tonight. And it's a pretty core theme that we, we talk about here at Kingdom Life. I mean, it's basically so much gets down to who we are, our identity, you know, that we're sons and daughters of God. And what does that look like? You know, how do we get there? What's the, what's the way to coming into that place where we have put away fear and shame, and we get to step into what, what God has really created us to be. Um, the vision of this church, as you all probably know, is to gather, transform, and equip. And of course, here we are, we're, we're all gathered here, <laughs> but the transformation is really what I kind of want to talk about tonight, and that's the transformational part is what, as Kelly said earlier, when someone comes in here and says, this is really a healthy body, um, that's amazing. And that's, that's what we're after here. We're after the transformation, the transformation of getting to that place where you, you learn and get to know who you really are, how you were created, why God made you, what's the purpose in your life. Um, all those things. And so to really get into a place of who, knowing who we are, we've got to really come into connection with our true father. And that's the, that's the key. We've got to be connected to him. And when that transformation starts to take place in our life, then we step into the next phase, which is equipping, so that we can then be healed up, whole people who know who we are, who are walking in all the purpose and, and gifts that God has for us, and then we get, we get to spread that around. We get to take that to our work. We get to take that to our, our friends. We get to take it to other people in this room, and we get to continue this thing of building healthy people and helping people see who they really are, their true identity, and how God made us to be. You know, I think we're all kind of looking for significance in our life you know we're all trying to figure out what what we're doing here we all want to I know you know when I was early in my my life and I think most people can probably um, attest to this I thought significance meant that I had a, a great job you know I had a great marriage and a nice home and I had great kids and I was constantly striving for these things to give myself this sense of of worth, of value, of significance. And I know that we have these seasons in life where we're, we're striving for those things. And that's really not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to strive. He wants us to know who we are truly, how he sees us so we know who we are, so that we can rest. Because when we're not at rest and when we're striving, that's, those things are really disruptive to the plans that God has for us in our lives. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, it, as, as, we are, as we are 
chasing our significance through striving through achieving. It's funny, you know, you, you hear about destiny, and what is destiny? Um, well, destiny to me, especially, you know, from a, from a worldly perspective, destiny to me seems like something I'm chasing, I'm trying to strive for and achieve, and that feels exhausting to me. Now, God has destiny all set for us. He has a true destiny for our lives. But if we can just come in to know that we are sons and daughters, then we get to rest in that. And guess what? That's how God then gets to work in our lives. And I actually believe that he releases favor into our lives when we're at rest, when we know who we are, when we're comfortable in our own skin, and we're not comparing ourselves to someone around us. God releases favor in our lives to go do what he wants us to do. You know, it's funny. Um, it's pretty obvious that we're all unique. You know, Chuck preached a message several months ago, which I thought was really great. And it was basically along these same lines of what I'm talking about tonight. That we are, you know, God created us unique. There is only one of each of you in this room. And I start to think about, okay, the billions of people on this planet and the billions and billions of people that came before us, and the billions and billions of people that are yet to come, and no one's the same. Not a single person looks the same, acts the same, walks the same, carries the same giftings and anointings, or the same purpose in their life. God has designed us to be so unbelievably unique. It's crazy. And he does that in nature too, you know, as Chuck said several months ago. Not a single tree looks the same. Not a single mountain is the same. Not a single river is the same. There are no two snowflakes that are alike. I mean, why did God do that? I think that's unbelievable. Because obviously he has such value for us individually. He has such a value for diversity. He has such value for you being you, me being me, and not anybody else. But the big lie that we kind of can get into is when I really don't know who I am, when I haven't come into this revelation of being a son or being a daughter, and when I say sonship tonight, you know that I'm speaking to both men and women. Sons and daughters. I'm not trying to obviously combine everybody. Gender neutral. <laughs> um, but when we don't really know that we're sons and daughters, createdly, created specifically for a, a special purpose in this world, um, then we're going to start to look for something or someone else that we think we can model or compare ourselves to, to give us significance. If I can only be like this person, this person looks like they've got it all together. Like I said, that, you know, those seasons in our life when we're achieving for something. Well, it's easy to look at somebody and say, well, gosh, they've got all those things. I want to be like that person. You know, the original, original sin that came was when the serpent caused us to doubt who we are. When he got us to say that we don't know our value and 
So it's funny. So when we listen to that lie, it's so easy to start to compare ourselves, to look at someone else's Instagram account and think that their life has got it all together. I can promise you, I know firsthand that there's some amazing Instagram accounts out there and that those people who look like they've got it all together, that are walking with God, that have beautiful homes, beautiful children, beautiful wives, they've been going through hell in their lives the last few months or the last year or whenever it is. So, we have a choice. You know, that that lie comes to me a lot. And it likes to whisper in my ear that I'm not good enough. I think that's the... That's the big thing that the devil likes to try to whisper to me is he's trying to get to my value. What am I worth? Um, And I have to really, really, really stand on this word. It is unbelievable what's in here that says who you are and what God made you to be. And I have to choose this week, I mean, just this week, knowing that I was going to stand up here in front of all of you and talk, I, um, I mean, the devil was really coming after me this week, you know? You, what you have to say doesn't, doesn't carry any weight, doesn't carry any value. Um, it's going to be stupid. It's going to be, I mean, it's ridiculous, you know? And that's the thing. He's such a liar, and that's the thing. Once you, once you start to recognize the lie, you realize how he overplays his hands so bad. Because when you step back from it and you go, wait a minute. You know, kind of like Animal House. Wait a minute. I'm not going to buy that. This is who I am. This is who I am. I'm not believing that. So anyway, so my life, I've realized that um, my life has been such a journey um, to to get to a place where I'm standing up here (laughs) talking. Anyway, I'd like to share that. Y'all know me. I'm such a crier. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, But there was a big chunk of my life where I didn't really know who I was. Um, But God had me on a real path. And I'm so thankful for the entire journey that he's taken me on. Um, So I'd like to kind of just share with you, if I can, my, my journey to sonship. Um, I was, I was saved when I was in high school. Well, prior to that, I've always been kind of drawn to God. Um, I grew up going to, um, an Episcopal school when I was a kid in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas. Kelly grew up in Dallas too, same neighborhood. And, um, but I always felt that I I was always drawn to God for some reason. Um, my brother and I, my parents didn't go to church. And my brother and I would get up on Sunday mornings and we would ride our bikes to church together and, uh, and come home. And I don't know, it was just, we were just, God was this peace inside of us. We knew from the beginning that we just had this connection with God. I was so young, I didn't understand what it meant. So in junior high, I actually got saved in junior high at a Young Life camp. And um, I remember, you know, when... When you're born again, when you're saved, when you ask Jesus to come live in your heart, 
you notice something different. You know you're changed. You know that something, that there's a transaction that takes place. And, and I was, I, I knew it. I knew it, I knew it, I knew, I just, this thing was unbelievable. And I came home, and the, and the, you know, what's funny is I didn't even think about this until I was kind of getting ready for this weekend, is that I had no one at home to share it with. I had no one to talk to to say this happened in my life, you know. Even my little brother, I don't think he, you know, he was three years younger than me. He wasn't going to understand what I was talking about. But anyway, so... I'm saved in junior high, and I go through high school, and I go through college, and I pretty much, like I think most high school and college kids, kind of pull away from God a little bit, um, but I, even though I was, I was wild, I was so wild in high school and college, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was wild, Mr. Blutarski, yeah, um, but I was, but still, I was always drawn I was always drawn to God, and um, so I'd find myself at campus ministries, I'd find myself going to church with some friends, um, and, but living this really wild, crazy, I mean, it's, it's, it's really lucky that I'm, amazing that I'm still standing here, um, some of the crazy stuff I did, and it kind of speaks to the fact that I, God really had a purpose for me. Um, so anyway, so I graduate college and I moved back, I moved down here to San Antonio and, um, I meet Anne Marie. Yeah. (laughs) And Anne Marie is really, right when we, when we start, first start dating, she's, she's really becoming, kind of stepping into her own relationship with God. And she's really pursuing God. And, um, and so we, but she's, you know, she's pursuing, I think, a little bit more than, than I'm pursuing. I was pursuing her, and she was pursuing God. So, um, yeah. And then, of course, we become best friends with Kelly and Joey, and that's a funny story how we met, but we become lifelong friends immediately. And, you know, Kelly grew up solidly um, planted in the Word. Joey and I come from homes where there were not so much. Yeah. And our, um, and our dads, our dads had both left us when we were young. Um, my parents divorced when I was five. And it was a kind of a crazy time when your dad leaves at five and what that does to you. Um, and I know it's had an impact on Joey, too. Um, and so we kind of start this this journey. And it's funny. Um, I'm trying to think kind of the, 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 the real progression here. But at one point, we're going to this, we're going to a Bible church here in town. And it was I mean, it was wonderful. It was an amazing place. And like I say, I value every single step of the journey because every step took me to a higher place. But so we're in a Bible church, and it was wonderful. But it was, they did not believe in the gifts of the Spirit at all. 
there were a lot of pages that they just kind of skipped over in the Bible. And so, and, and, but it was great. Anne-Marie and Kelly and Joey loved it. And I loved it too. Except I was asleep in the balcony <laughs> every single weekend. I was asleep in church. And of course, Anne-Marie's just, you know, well, if you would just read your Bible more. And she was judgy judger pants. And, you know, if you would read your Bible, Bible more, and if you would go to men's Bible study, and if you would do all these things, then you will get it like I get it. You know? And this was a church where there were, you know, denim skirts and the little rompers. and Is that the right word, rompers? Homeschooling. So... But like I said, I am not making fun of this because I value, I so value what I got there. I really did. Because I came from a very highly denominational upbringing of my own choice because my parents didn't go to church with me. And then I stepped into a Bible church. Well, that was, that was the next great step upward. And so we're there for, for a period of time. And then Anne-Marie... She's looking through her Bible, and she's finding things in here. And she's saying to herself, there's stuff in here that we're not talking about. There's, there's, this says I can heal. This says that I can cleanse the lepers, and I can raise the dead, and I can perform miracles. And that there are signs and wonders and that there's a supernatural God out there who heals us. And that we get to be a part of that. And so she says, Lord, obviously you have more. There is more of you that I don't know. And so she says, I want it all. I don't want three-fourths of you. I want it all. And so she gets on the floor of our bedroom <laughs> and she, she asks for it and she gets it. And so I <laughs> can't look at you. <laughs> so look away. This is also a great shield. <laughs> And so she gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she comes into the moor. And she's, she asks for a prayer language. And she gets it. She starts speaking in tongues. And she runs to Kelly and says, Kelly, there's more in here. And this is what's happened to me. And Kelly from her Presbyterian upbringing says, I'm not so sure. You need to be kind of safe with that. You know, that's kind of scary stuff. And so, um, and Kelly gets into this. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is a powerful deal. And she gets into it and she says, guess what, you're right. And she wants the more. And she asks for the more. And she gets the more. She gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
and Joey and I, yeah, and there were two left. And that was Joey and me. And Joey and I think our wives have, are flying around on brooms. I'm not kidding. We think they have lost their minds. And we're actually, at least for me, I can't speak for Joey, I was somewhat scared by, by this. Yeah. I was kind of scared by this. I remember I came home one day, and Amory says that she's, that she's learned how to speak in tongues. And I get mad. I'm like, in our home? <laughs> Around our kids? N- no. No. And once again, Amory's like, but this is available if you would go to men's Bible study. And if you would read your Bible more, and if you would be more Christian-like, and God clearly speaks to her sometime after that. And God says, Anne-Marie, you're trying to circumcise his flesh, and I want his heart. Ouch. And she, she said, he said, back off. I've got him. Leave him alone. And so she did. <laughs> I know. I know. And so, but she didn't completely let go. Unbeknownst to me, she was putting prayer claws and prayers under my mattress. <laughs> and of course, she was play, praying for me constantly to come into all that she wanted for me to know that she'd experienced. And so, um, about that time, we changed churches, at least Anne-Marie and I, I did. Of course, you know, I was still pretty freaked out by this. We went to a, we actually went to a Kenneth Hagin healing service one night, and, you know, it was cray-cray. And... <laughs> I mean, they were pounding on people and yanking legs. And, and I thought, I'm, I'm out of here. I literally got up and I left. And Henry chases me outside and calms me down. And, and I'm sure she's thinking, major setback. <laughs> you know? Um, but this was at this, this church that she, that she was going to this women's Bible study. It's out on the north side. It was called Eagle's Nest. And um, she said, I think, Jeff, you might just come because you're sleeping in the balcony at church now. Why don't you just come to this? And so I said, okay, I go. She said, I'm really getting fed at this women's Bible study. It's really amazing. So I go, and we're sitting on, gosh, we were pretty close to the front on the side. and worship starts and people are dancing around and spinning and it's different than anything I'd seen before and um, and then a lady comes forth forward and she gives a word and people are falling and there are people laying in front of the stage thing and and there were men that were, and women that were covering them with, <laughs> with modesty cloths while they were out cold on the floor. 
And I'm sure, I don't know what she was thinking that I was thinking, um, but I looked at her, and crazy enough, I said, I think this is where we're supposed to be. <laughs> she was like, that's unbelievable. So, next big step in my life of this journey. And so, that was my introduction into a charismatic environment where God was, was allowed to freely flow and to be. And I watched what it did to people, and I watched what it did to me. I grew a ton, um, and I have so much respect for that place. And you know, Rick Godwin was, was really a man who understood the word and still is. And, and he poured a lot into my life. And I grew a lot while we were there. And um, so I'm growing and I'm growing, but I haven't come into this real revelation of, of who I am. And in so many ways, I was kind of, well, no, let me back up a little bit. We were at, we were at Eagle's Nest, too, and, and um, one night we had a, a guest speaker. You all kind of heard this story, but Tim Story came to speak. And Tim was, I mean, it was amazing that I was there. And Joey and I, of course, we're still a little cynical. We're sitting in our seats knowing that Tim Story's coming, and it's going to be a crazy night. And we're making fun, you know, strap on your seatbelts. And we're, you know, we're sitting kind of towards the back. and. Tim would have people stand up, and he was pointing around the room, and people were falling all over the place. And Joey and I were, you know, we're like pointing elbows. No way. We're not buying this. This is, you know, we don't believe this. And, but we were loving it. I'm sorry. We were loving it. It was, it was amazing. And even though we had our, our doubts, it was amazing. And. So I had to leave. It was a two-night event, and I, I had to leave the next night to go at travel for work or something. So I, I missed it. <laughs> missed it. But as, as um, before the service started, Tim had asked everybody to pray for something. And Joey said, <laughs> can't look at you either. <laughs> <laughs> Look away. He said, Lord, I'm believing you for big things. And so he just walked in, sat down, Anne Marie and Kelly are with him, and um, I don't know, halfway through maybe, Tim from across the room points and says, You stand up. And, you know, Joey's not sure he's, who he's talking to. He says, no, you in the plaid shirt, stand up, come here. And so Joey gets up and he's walking towards the stage. And by this time, Tim has kind of moved up, up top. And as Joey's walking towards him, he says, I'm believing for big things with you. And he points at him. And this big guy, <laughs> Bam! Down like a redwood. Down like a redwood. And if you know Joey, there is no BS in Joey at all. 
There was, he went down hard. And of course, Anne Marie and Kelly are like, oh my gosh. They're crying and laughing. It's just unbelievable. So, something happens in Joey. Big. So I'm the fourth. And there was one. And there was one. And uh, so, for this period of time, so much of, of, of who I kind of thought I was, I really didn't know who I really was. And so I felt like I was sort of drafting in a lot of ways off Anne-Marie and Kelly and Joey. I mean, they were really, really, they'd experienced something really amazing. And, um, and they were moving in it. And I was a part of it because we're best friends. But I was really just kind of drawing from them. And we were at dinner one night. I don't know when it was, but we were at dinner. We were sitting outside, the four of us. And, and Joey, in his way, confronts me with a question. And he says, do you know who you are? And I was like, well... I don't know that I really do. I'm not sure I really know who I am. But if you want to know how I feel, I feel medium. I said, my shirts are medium. My underwear is medium. My hot sauce is medium. I'm just medium. And... Yeah, and that, that described how I felt. That described who I thought I was. I was medium. And these guys looked at me and said, no, you're not. You're not. You're not medium. And I never forgot that. So, time goes on, and... Amory and I get to participate in a, God really moved on my heart to do something, and then Anne-Marie confirmed it when God spoke to her, and that was, we were going to bless Joey and Kelly with, a, with some money. It was a pretty substantial sum, and I heard about it, and I, I procrastinated for three months before I acted on it. And, um, and then Amory comes in and says, I think we're supposed to do something for Kelly and Joey. And I said, okay, how much? <laughs> and she tells me the exact figure, which was big. It's a big number. And I get excited. Because you have to understand that back then I was also, I was pretty stingy back in those days too. It wasn't that long ago. It was 2009. I hadn't really come into a full revelation of, um, of being generous. But we were, we were generous. We sewed into our friends. <laughs> I know. And so, Kelly and Joey come over to the house and we're going to give them this check. And um, Joey takes it and he's just blown away. Kelly too. And Joey looks at me and says, I really believe this is going to open a door for you, that God's going to do something in your life, that he's going to release something in you. 
And I thought, awesome, okay. So that was in June of 2009. And so 30 days goes by, and I'm kind of waiting for my, my tenfold. <laughs> you know? I'm waiting for my tenfold to happen. The thing that's supposed to come when you give a big, a big check. And I got something much greater. That's why I cry all the time. Um, on July the 25th, <laughs> my kids were in Dallas. They were seeing my parents. And Anne Marie had, um, she was in Gatesville at prison ministry. And so she left that morning early. It was a Saturday. And I just, it was a normal Saturday morning. I just got up. I was hanging out in the house and um, had coffee and breakfast. And <laughs> noon kind of came around. And for some reason, I don't know why, I went and pulled up on the computer Jesus culture, worship. I'd, I'd heard him before in the car, of course, in Anne Marie's car. <laughs> and. But I don't know why I did, but I, I, I turned it on, and I'm watching this band, Kim Walker Smith, worship. And something happened. It was like um, something just came down on me. And I was literally transported somewhere for hours. and. It was the most amazing thing ever. Um, I'll never forget feeling so completely kept. Abs you know, you, you hear people talk about um, a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience. This was mine. Um, God just took me to a place of his glory for hours. Um, and he answered so many questions about my life and who I was. And I've never been in a... It, it's hard to describe what, what, I, what I really experienced. Absolutely no fear whatsoever. When you're in a... When you're in a in a place of glory, and there is absolutely no fear, it's hard to describe what that does to you. Um, he answered so many questions. And one of the things that he really did for me that was so powerful is, I had always felt like I walked around with kind of a ceiling over my head when it came to letting myself go spiritually. Um, I would, I would, I would pray, I would praise, I would, I would get with God, and then I would get to a place where I, I just couldn't let go of who I was. And I think maybe it had something to do with, you know, maybe when my dad left, I couldn't, 
really trust this father thing that well. Um, but he completely peeled that back off of me. And he, I mean, I just remember he was like, see me, feel me, experience me. I've never experienced anything like it. And this went on for hours. Um, And finally, I just kind of came back. And um, I remember Anne-Marie calling me on her way home. And I said, babe, something happened. (laughs) Something something happened. But I... I couldn't. I couldn't even begin to explain it, and so um, and I think God once again said, "Let me have him." She didn't ask questions. She didn't. She didn't. Really, she knew something had gone on, but she didn't. She didn't really ask many questions, and so this thing continues. Night after night, I'm dreaming incredible, crazy dreams. And God is just downloading, downloading, downloading into me. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who you are. Who you are. Um, It was unbelievable. Every night, I remember one of the things that he did was in one of his one of his nights, he said, "You see things in three dimensions, but I am so much more than that. My dimensions are unlimited." And it was like he took a book of crazy colors, and he basically fanned them in front of my face, and it was like these are my dimensions. It was so intense. It was so incredible. And it just gave me this complete picture of how expansive he is. And love you cannot imagine. You know, we we think we understand love and we're finite. To have a true grasp of what infinite heavenly love is is really nuts. So this goes on. And I'm starting to feel like, I'm trying to tell Anne-Marie what's going on, and I'm having a really hard time because I can't get my words to it. And, of course, I'm sobbing day and night. I'm just sobbing all the time. And I felt like, it's this crazy sensation, but I felt like I started to feel like I was having water kind of come up and out of me. Um, like flowing water coming up out of me and then um, truly this sensation of this cord that was connected right here that went to heaven and it was just downloading in me thank you downloading 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 into me day and night um One of the things that that was really wild about it was 
and I think I'm going to figure out what this is when I get to heaven, is there's something about speed too. Every day I'd, I'd want to get on the highway and drive as fast as I possibly could. It was something about speed that just intensified what I was feeling, you know? I'm so glad I never got pulled over. I mean, <laughs> literally, I'd be like, well, dude, I'm getting a download, <laughs> you know? Sorry. Um, but it, I was no longer medium. And it really... Um, it really established in me that I was the son of God. That he loves me that much. That he would give me that gift. It was not tenfold. It was unbelievable. And so, that's God's desire for us. Is to know that we are sons and we are daughters and he loves us that much. Um, I want to read in Galatians 4. Galatians 4, 4. He says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to cry out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. He, he baptized me in spirit. He communicated me spirit to spirit. Um, and that's what he did for all of us. You know, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he came up out of the water and the heavens parted, and a dove, the Spirit of God came down like a dove and rested on Jesus. And God said to him, this is my son, who I am truly pleased, who I love dearly. And God, and Jesus knew he was a son right then. And he walked the earth in that revelation until he was crucified. And then God did something even greater. He had this whole plan for all of us. When Jesus died, we were crucified with him. We died with him and we were resurrected with him. And now we are truly sons with Jesus. We are co-heirs. Not only of everything that we have available to us in this life, but the glory to come, which I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. We, we get to inherit, we, we inherit that. That is ours. That it was paid for us. 
And it's a gift that Jesus did for us. God loves us that much. And so I, it's amazing. I, you know, not only do I cry all the time now, um, but I think I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin. Um, and I think being a son has moved me into a place of being a father. And I, I do, I believe I carry the father's heart. You know? And it really allows me to see people for who they really are. How God created you to be. Every amazing thing he did in you, I see. And he's also put he's also put people in our lives to be spiritual moms and spiritual dads to come alongside of us and encourage us to point us to him to point us and remind us of who we are just as this guy did for me you know so you know as a son I learned to receive. And as a father, I learned to give. You know, it's funny. Sometimes in my hardest times in my life, I don't necessarily remember what my dad said to me. My dad passed away a few years ago. He was just so great at saying, it's going to be okay. You know? He just loved me. He just loved me. And so, I would encourage you to find spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. Um, I heard Bill Johnson describe it this way, that a lamb knows the voice of its shepherd. Or a sheep knows the voice of its shepherd. But a baby lamb doesn't know the voice of its shepherd. It only knows the voice of its mother. And so by spending time with its mother, it learns to hear the voice of the shepherd. And so everything points to him. So I would encourage you to find, there are so many spiritual fathers in this room. I have so many that have been instrumental in my life. There's one sitting right here. Wink. you can't experience true sonship without your own relationship with God. It has to come from Him. It has to come from Him. Find people who point you to Him. Find people that tell you you're not medium. Find men and women that encourage you, that see the best in you, and will always, always, always point you to the Father. Creation is groaning for us to know who we are. Spend time with Him. Ask Him who you are. Ask Him how He feels about you. Ask him what he sees in you. Ask him how much he loves you. He will tell you. 
Jesus fully knew who he was. I want to read again in... This is Galatians, excuse me, Romans chapter 8. This is about our adoption as sons and daughters. Romans 8, verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. This is in the Passion Translation. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For he rises up within us, our spirits joining him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him. All of this all of this points to what Jesus did for us. And it points to verse 24, 28, excuse me. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the firstborn among many who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who carry his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in John 17, Jesus pays this amazing prayer where he basically says, all that I am, I am in them. And all that you are, you are in them. Can I read it? (laughs) Father, this is, Jesus knows that he's about to go to the cross. And he's, he's praying, to, praying to his Father. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as a son whom you have sent. I have shown the world your glory by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my Father, restore me back to the glory which we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. 
And then he goes on to pray for his disciples. But in verse 20, he's praying for us. He says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them to all be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given me, I have given them. So that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I fully live in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to reign at our side. For I want them to be where I am. They will then see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me from even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. That just wrecks me. Not only has he given us everything here to live as sons and daughters, to be whole, to not compare ourselves, to be free from striving, to be free from anxiety, to be free from fear, He's given us a place to rest. He's given us a place that says, I love you so, so much. And you are my son. Jeff, I made you to be Jeff. I made you to be you. Not anybody else. Walk in that. Let me release all that I am into you so that you can go and, and be my witness. You know, God has pursued me my whole life. Oh my gosh. So tonight, I, I, I want to wrap up by, I want to pray for, you know, God gave me the gift of an amazing encounter. And I want that for each and every person. And it doesn't have to be uh, an encounter like what I experienced. I, you know, why did God pour gasoline and light a match on me? Um, I don't know. It's amazing that that experience happened at the very beginning of when we started this church. So I think God was preparing me for this to stand up here. And so whether it's fire and gasoline or it's a slow burn, I pray for that slow burn too. You know, Anne-Marie has been one with the Spirit of God for so long and it's been a powerful, powerful, intimate journey she has burned with God and she is so connected to him so I want to pray tonight for encounters for each and every one of us
I really do. And so if you've had an encounter, if you've been, if the Spirit of God has come upon you and you know truly who you are, I want you to come up because I want you to pray for those that desperately want an encounter, that want to know who they are. And I'm going to pray. I just stretch out my hand and I just pray for an encounter. Lord, I pray for this amazing group of believers. I pray that they, thank you that they have given their hearts to you and you are one with them to have given your son so that we can reign at your side as heirs of your kingdom. Lord, you have given your Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of us, to draw us to yourself and to firmly plant us in our identity as sons and daughters of you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us to choose you. Thank you for relentlessly pursuing us. You never leave us and you never forsake us and you chase after us with love and reckless abandon. And so I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray for the Holy Spirit encounters for each and every one of us here tonight and in the days ahead. I pray that your Spirit rest upon us and invade us, calling our spirits into complete alignment with who we are and how you created us to be. Lord, I pray for crazy, radical encounters with you. And I also pray for the deep abiding burn of your love that keeps us fully connected in relationship with you. Father, Son, Father, Daughter, Holy Spirit, come and crash down on us with the full measure of your love. Release us from bondage and fear and propel us into your true purpose, our purpose and identity of who you have made us to be in this world to rest without striving and confidence without comparison. Oh, Father, we look up to you and we receive your love. We receive your amazing love and we are transformed by your love. We will never be the same. We are never the same because of your love. You are such an incredibly good Father and Lord, we receive it all. Lord, we receive it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and if, if anybody would like to come up tonight and get prayer, this amazing group of people would love to pray for, for you. Thank you for letting me share my heart with you. I love you guys.